Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice M., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday. It is April 6th, 2015. Today we're reading from the big book, Chapter 5, How It Works, and we are at an, on page 66. We're going to read the last paragraph. This was our course. And today's readers are the 12 Steps will be Nancy O., the 12 Traditions, Alita P. Our readers are Larry K., Judith W., and Du L. Our share code for Sunday, April the 5th, 2015, special edition, is 74. Five two, that's seventy four fifty two. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy O. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Nancy O. Recovered, grateful, and in Ohio. The steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. 
and thank you, Nancy O. I will now ask Alita P. to read the 12 traditions. Hi, good morning, everyone. Um, thank you, Janice, for your service. This is Alita P., newly recovered compulsive overeater in Minnesota. Very grateful to be able to do service this morning. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, accepting matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. And seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you, I pass. And thank you, Alita P. How our meeting works, our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book, chapter four. We're on page 66. We're on the last paragraph. This was our course. I will now ask Larry Kay to please begin reading. 
Janice, good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Um, this is Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. This was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. Though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. We asked God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God, save me from being angry. Thy will be done. We avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. We cannot be helpful to all people, but at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. Okay, so, you know, for me, when when I read this, again, you know, we're, we're dealing in step four, and we're looking at, you know, the fact that the people that we're dealing with um, are, are can oftentimes be spiritually sick. I know I, I've had a spiritual soul sickness. And, and really the question for me today, when we look at uh, the second uh, paragraph on 67, you know, it talks about avoiding retaliation and argument. See, that was my MO before, was that, uh, you know, I, I had the inability to really, and I think it was, uh, it was pride, um, it was uh, self-centeredness, and I, I literally could not allow myself to avoid retaliation or argument. But what it's telling us is it's giving us instructions and it's saying, you know, we wouldn't treat sick people that way. That's why we're going to avoid retaliation and argument. Because if we do, what I'm doing is I'm destroying my chance of being helpful. And what this design for living um, has taught me is that that is my purpose, to be of maximum service to my higher power and, uh, and to others uh, through my higher power. So, you know, I'm going to be blocked off from being able to do that, uh, to be helpful to that person. And it, But then it does go on and it says, look, we can't be helpful to all people. And I can't. And, I, and, and, you know, in as much as that you know, we try, we can't be helpful to all people. But at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. And this is the thing. Today, this design for living is so much more than just putting down food. I mean, of course, that's what, what got me here, and thank God it did. But today, what is the, the, the sole driver of my life today is the, the higher power of my own understanding. And that higher power, every morning, what I, the way I start my day is asking God, how can I be of service to you, God, and to those about me? You know, and, and, and as, long as, I, uh, as long as I practice my program in that way and I connect with my higher power in that way, what I have found is that I'm not living in collision with other people. And, and other people, look, we all have to deal with other people. And, uh, and other people may be spiritually sick. And that's okay because, um, because my goal today is to be of maximum service to them and to, uh, to, to anybody that I come in contact with. So what I'm going to do today <clears throat> is, sure, uh, the food is down. Sure, there's neutrality around the food today. But the most important thing for me to, uh, today is with that 
is to be of service to God. So I am going to find any way that I could be of service to God through helping others. And by doing that, I stay on this beam of recovery because I have to maintain my uh, fit spiritual condition. So I'm going to maintain that by staying on the stream of recovery. And now we're just in step four where we are examining why these resentments owned us before, enslaved us before. And so with that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you, Larry. Okay, we're going to um, have our comments and focus on that second, that first paragraph, we avoid retaliation. Who would like to um, comment? Matt M. Matt. Okay, we, I hear Matt. Who else? This is Bella, can I share? Okay, I hear Bella. And did I hear Renata? Yes. Okay, and Renata, anybody else? Paula D. Oh, Paula D. Okay, let's go with those four. And Kim. All right. Matt, you're up. Can you hear me okay? Oh, yes, hear you very good. Hi, good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here this morning, on Monday morning. I'm glad this meeting is here and we're doing this section because it's so apropos. I'm working on my fourth step and uh, I'm looking at this paragraph and I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to be tolerant and patient to every every one of my resentments on that list? It's it's not an easy thing to do. I'm not Mother Teresa. I'm not some. I'm not a saint. But I realize, you know, it's it's working towards these ideals. That's the most important thing. I don't have to be perfect to do it. Um, I realize that I'm I'm spiritually sick. So if I can realize for myself that I'm spiritually sick. I can then see it in others and be less likely to form new resentments because I really, I really only think to do this process once. This, this really physical cleaning out, this mental, spiritual, and uh, physical cleaning out of my wreckage of the past and the fourth step. You know, I don't want us to do this again. I, I'll do a ten steps every day to try to avoid doing this again. This, this house cleaning, as much as it is, because it isn't easy to do. You know. Um, it's like I used to be, when I was in the food, I used to be a person that was, everything was always everybody else's fault. And I was also very, uh, inside, I was very vicious and nasty and rageful. And on the outside, what I showed the world was I was always a happy fat guy. And uh, that's really not who I really was. I, I hated the rest of the world because they were getting what I thought they I wanted. And they always had everything that I thought that I wanted. So it's like, not exactly a good way to live. You know, it's a way to live in, in, in um, sadness and isolation and in total pain, and uh, cut off from the sunlight of the spirit. That's basically what I was. I was basically a living, breathing testament to this disease's power over me. And uh, now I have an opportunity for recovery. And uh, I'm taking that with both hands. I'm holding on with both hands. And I'm not letting go. And just for today, I have the opportunity to live where my feet are at and do the next right thing. And I want to do. I want to be a maximum benefit to my fellow man. And I can. I can only do that if I'm willing to take the next step right in front of me. Uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Well, thank you, Matt. Okay, Bella, it is your turn. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Janice, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. We cannot be helpful to all people. To all people. This reminds me my character defect, either or. Either I can help to everybody or I am a loser and I cannot help nobody. It's the black and white thinking. Either I am helping everybody and I am doing perfect the program or I cannot help everybody. Well, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I am in the program. And this is, this is the direction 
we cannot be helpful to all people. Yes, now, thank you, God, I am connected to God. I am not connected to my ego anymore. Now I am here to do God's service and not my service. Now I have to ask God, God, what do you want for me to do? What do you expect from me? Now, yes, I know I cannot be helpful to all people. I am not perfect. I don't know everything all the time. Now I am connected to God. God, please direct me. To whom can I be helpful? And then to, to do the best I can one day at a time. It's not if I cannot help to everybody, so it means I am not good. No, not at all. I am not perfect. And now my goal is not to be perfect. Now, what can I do for you, God? You direct me. To whom can I do service and to help? Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Renata, you're up. Hi, Janice. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., recovered from Postal Read in New York. Uh, we avoid retaliation or argument. This is an instruction for me. You know, um, in step three, I turned my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood God. And so now, you know, the book's going to give me instructions on how to live my life. I heard one said before, and I really like this. It says, God saved my life, and the steps show me how to live it. And uh, I believe that. You know, instead of being self-righteous, and like I've always been, I now need to start avoiding retaliation and argument. You know, I don't need to be right. I need to be helpful to others. You know, trying to prove my point, trying to prove that I was right in every situation that, you know, you were wrong. You know, that never brought me any peace of mind or serenity. It never made my life any better. But on the other hand, you know, whenever I'm helpful to others, that always gives me a sense of purpose, peace of mind, you know, gratitude and a feeling that I am, that I'm connected to something, that I'm connected to, to a higher power. You know, my, my self-will is to argue, is to fight, is to prove that you're wrong. And, uh, you know, if you hurt me, you have to pay it. You know, you have to pay for it. I, I need to have revenge. And, uh, you know, but that's, like today I know that that's not God's will for me. God doesn't create me to, to live my life like that. And, um, you know, by doing the step work, God can change me. And he did. You know, here in step four, God starts to show me a different way of living, starts to give me a different outlook upon life. You know, God can do for me what I cannot do for myself and help me to, to have a kind and tolerant view of others as long as I am as I'm open to, to it and uh, to do the necessary work. Because, you know, on my own, I, I I can't change like that. I cannot have kindly view of other people. You know, and the text says that God will show us how to take kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. You know, and, and that sounds like a promise to me. And I believe all the promises in the big book. You know, they always came true for me whenever I followed the instructions that come before them. 
And so, you know, instead of arguing, I can pray for someone who hurt me, and then God will help me have tolerance and, and, and understanding. So, you know, whenever I do the work, whenever I surrender to the process, all the promises that are in this book, small or big ones, they always come true. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you, Renata. Just a gentle reminder that we'd like to uh, remind you to star one to keep your phone muted so we have a clear line. Okay, Paula D., it's your turn. Star one to unmute. This is Paula. Is this my turn? It is your turn. Oh, okay. I was muting and unmuting. <laughs> Following directions. Well, it seems that this is what we're reading about. Following directions. My name is Paula Deese. That would be me. And I am a compulsive eater recovered today. It says we avoid retaliation. Can you already see? Avoid something I would always walk into. Now I must go the other way. We talk about turnarounds. We talk about looking and seeing things differently. I didn't even see. I wasn't trying to avoid retaliation or argument. If anything, I was ready. I was ready for you. You know, it seems, and we, and we read this, all these pages, all these words, all these sentences that come together here. You know, our moments of trying were short-lived. Oh, yeah. Oh, you won that one. you number one. Are you really? The price much too high. And then it says, look at how it gentles it. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. Puts us finally on a different place. Not wrong people, not people that didn't agree with the sick people that way. What does it say? And I'm going to just go just for a moment to page 89, working with others. That's what we're talking about here, ourselves and others. Are we not? Remember, they are very ill. That's what it says. Remember, they are very ill. And then what else does it say at the bottom of the page? To be helpful is our only aim. Here we get to learn and teach how to aim well. Why, if we don't, we destroy our chance of being helpful. Is that not our aim? We miss the mark. But look at what it says. We cannot be helpful to all people. That's my ego. My ego in its place. I can't be helpful to all people. I am one person. Look at what it says here. Now we open it up. But at least ah, God will show us, if you look, God will show us how to take, oh, grasp on here, kindly and tolerant view, how you see, how you see, view of each and every one. Now you can't help all people, but this you can do for all people. No one is left out here, each and every one, kindly and tolerant. Wow. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Well, thank you, Paula. And Kim, it's your turn. Please. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. You know, my, my younger brother, my youngest brother, is... Um, learning disabled, and he's 42 years old and probably emotionally about 13, reads at about like a third grade level. And, but, you know, looking at him, you wouldn't know he had a disability. And often when we go like maybe to a fast food restaurant or some sort of restaurant, he can't really read the menu. And people get really annoyed with him. 
And then suddenly I can see something on their face when they realize he's not being difficult. He just has a problem with reading. And I can see their face soften, and I can see them become tolerant, and I can see them become kind. So what if I can do that with the rest of the world? What if I can assume I can't see their disability? What if I can treat the world the way I wish the world treated my brother? How much my world would change? When I think to myself how angry I get when I see someone pull into a handicapped parking spot and walk to the, to the, um, to the floor with so obviously not having a disability. But how do I know? You know, I have friends that have fibromyalgia and heart problems that you wouldn't know that they have a disability, but they need that handicapped parking spot. What if I can treat the world that way? So we are shifting now from the self-centered world of, of columns one, two, three, to be softened for this fourth column where we see where we were, where our part was, where were we selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened. And I heard this great analogy. The first three columns, who hurt me, what they did, how it affected me. We're the prosecuting attorney. We are slamming home why we are the victim, why we are the martyr. And in that fourth column, we become the defense attorney. And we're looking at it from a totally different angle. And that's where we soften. And I'll just end with this. I don't know how many of you saw this in the news this weekend, but there was a gentleman who's been on death row in Alabama for 30 years, and he was just released and exonerated. Because what's happened is the forensics have gotten so good that they were able to relook at the evidence and realize that he, his, you know, his, I heard the attorney say the problem is that guilty rich people are treated better than innocent poor people. He didn't have the ability to defend himself and he went to jail for 30 years. What if I can do that? What if I can look back at the 30 years of my life and look at it from a totally different angle soften my way and realize these were sick people doing the best that they could versus these evil people that I've, I've built up into my world. So once again, we wouldn't treat sick people that way. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Kim. I'd just like to take a moment here. I am so glad. I, I mean, every time I read this book, I, I learn more. I mean, it's just awesome. You know, it's reminding me. It reminded me now, you know, it gave some very critical guidelines. In the first uh, paragraph, you know, it, it, it talks about treating people as sick people, but the solution is so that I will get rid of these, so that God will help me remove these resentments, is to pray. That's the solution. That's the course of action. That's the first part of this cr critical guideline. The second part is to avoid retaliation and argument. Oh, boy, what a great direction that is for me. And, of course, the same solution, to pray, to pray to my higher power, to give me, you know, to touch my soul and my heart, but to be more compassionate, whether it's with outside people or people on the list. Um, but for now, it's people on the list, but outside of this, you know, for maybe sponsees, to be more compassion that, you know, but for the grace of God go I. I have to learn this, you know, because, you know, hurt people hurt people. So I have to remember that to, to you know, um, put the right words on, in my, on my tongue so I won't, uh, you know, loose, loose lips, sink ships. That reminds me of Leah. But it, it's so true, you know, my mouth can hurt 
more than anything. So the solution, again, is always to say a prayer to my higher power to lead me out of that. And I have to work on it. And does anybody else want to comment on that uh, first paragraph on page 67 before we go on? Santa H. from New Jersey. Okay. Santa Vasa. Oh. Vasa. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. We'll take those two. Santa, you're up. Good morning, visionaries, and thank you, Janice, for your service this morning. My name is Santa H., a truly grateful recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Recovered for today. Thank you to my higher power. Uh, this paragraph just really speaks so beautiful to me today. And um, just as Kim was saying, we have to emphasize here that this is about the third column. Um, as we like to put it here to distinguish a difference, just before the person is going into the fourth column. And what's so beautiful about this is that I like that it's giving me another assurance before I take that leap and where I'm beginning to open up the door to the sunlight of the spirit. This is the beginning, just the beginning. And where it says, thy will be done. And the next paragraph begins to show me, well, what does that mean to me? How do I do that? And how I do that is by saying we avoid retaliation arguments. So what that means to me today is that I accept that I'm no longer running the show. And when I'm not running the show, I no longer want to argue and retaliate against anybody. And the beauty of it is that it's freeing for me to look at people as sick as I am and to treat them that way. It frees me from having to do my higher power's job. And it then goes out and tells me why I must do that um, so that I can be this new woman that I want to be and that is to be a servant to my higher power. But the beauty of this also that I like in this paragraph here is that understanding that there will be times where things won't go my way and I will want to, my ego wants to rise up and run the show and I cannot be helpful to other people. But I love this here. There's always a way out. My higher power will show me a way out. He will show me how to be loving and tolerant. So for me today, it reminds me that there is no excuse to eat over anything, that I have a way out, that my higher power will always give me a way out of every situation, even when I make that mistake and think that I want to run the show. And so I'm going to end today with my favorite line that I love on page 415 that says, Today, there is absolutely nothing in the world more important to me than keeping this compulsive overeater sober. Not taking a bite is by far the most important thing I do each day, and that's all I need to do. That's all I need to do today, and even if I think I'm running the show, if I can do that, my higher power will give me a way out. Thy will be done, and with that I pass. Well, thank you, Santa. Santa. Uh, Vasa, okay, it's your turn. Yes, thank you, Janice. Yes, sir, and good morning, everybody. I'm Vasa, Oh, Recover Compulsive Overeater, calling from Florida. And every time I go through this big book, there's more awakening for me and more understanding that I get. Um, we avoid retaliation or argument. As growing up, you know, I had a fear of confrontation a fear of um, um, being hurt, so I 
stuffed my ceiling, and I suppressed, I stuffed my ceilings with the food, and I did a lot of suppressing. So I did a lot of retaliation in my mind, you know, I will get them someday. They're going to pay for this someday, you know. And thank you, God, I have learned differently today. You know, they are sick people. I did not understand about this being spiritually sick, you know, and that was passed down on my on me, you know. I became spiritually sick too, like them. And I thank God there was there's a solution here, you know. And just to walk away, I don't mean physically, but to walk away emotionally from those people and and to put like a band-aid on them, you know, they are sick, you know. Like, I am, but I am in recovery now. I'm getting better in that area. So every morning when I get on my knees, I ask God, what is your will for me to do today for you, God? How can I be a service of you? And, you know, I was a very sensitive person, you know, and, you know, we we come across with a lot of sensitive people, especially when we are in the food, you know. And um, I'm, I, I'm a person, um, I, you know, I, had lot of, I have a lot of tolerance, you know. But after a while, you know, it's really to have that tolerance when people are hurting themselves, you know, and they're very sensitive. And they get mad at me, you know, if I, you know, if I say something or suggest something. And they walk away from me, and I said, thank God that God is doing for me that I cannot do for myself. You know, because I don't like to hurt people, you know. I don't like to offend people, you know. And and I just say, you know, okay, God, this must have been your will, you know. And there's some kind of a relief there, you know. I said, well, I didn't abandon them. They left me, so that's a good thing, you know. And I'm learning. Again, I'm learning through the experience as I go along and working the steps, you know, God is doing for me, you know, with the food and with my life as I go along uh, working the 12 steps the way they are laid out. Thanks for letting Shanna pass. And thank you, Vasa. Oh, okay, we're going to move on with Judith W. uh, Reading that second paragraph on page 67, please. Thanks. Hi, this is Judith recovered in London, Judith W. recovered in London, U.K., Referring to our list again, putting out of our minds the wrongs others had done, we resolutely looked for our own mistakes. Where have we been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened? Though the situation had not been entirely our fault, we tried to disregard the other person involved entirely. Where were we to blame? The inventory was ours, not the other man's. When we saw our faults, we listed them. We placed them before us in black and white. We admitted our wrongs honestly and were willing to set these matters straight. Um, Thanks for your service, Janice, and for everybody you shared. Um, Yeah, I mean, this, I think, you know, it's telling us here we have to, you know, really uh, master our resentments. They're just not a luxury that I can have. And when I really looked up the word resentment, it's animosity, annoyance, fury, offense, wrath, bad feelings, you know. All these kind of words, um, and it takes a lot of humility to, you know, since I've written down the first three columns, like somebody said, this is what happened to me, to now have the courage to look and see, well, what the hell did I do? Um, but it's telling us, take a different perspective. So I was taught to 
really look at what does selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and afraid really mean, somebody actually gave me a sheet of paper with like 20 different ideas, things like wanting things my way, wanting special treatment, wanting more than my share, not admitting my faults, having a superior attitude. God, so many things. Who knew that I had so much part in all of these things? But, you know, first of all, I just got to lay them down. And it tells us, so this is column four, lay it down in black and white. And um, I've got to really take a, take a look at these. So some of the kinds of things um, people told me was fold the paper, put column four next to column one, because it tells us put out of your sight everything other people have done. So it was easier for me to say, okay, this is who I'm angry at, or I'm irritated, or I have bad feelings towards. So when I looked at things like, you know, uh, I'm irritated and bitter that my sister's not approving of me the way I need and I want her attention. I always feel small. She makes me feel small, blah, blah. Then I was able to easily, quickly go, well, what's my part, you know? Well, I want more focus on me than her. I want her to focus on me as the center of her life. Um, I, you know, I just, it's plain selfish of me to think I'm going to get more attention um, and to want more of her love than is available. So that's selfishness. And there, there was other things that could be added to that as well. Oh, I resented people who weren't living a great life or I thought they could live a better life. And, you know, I was selfish not so much just for wanting better for people, but for trying to play their higher power and manipulating them and seeing how, you know, how, how I felt like I think they should, you know, think like I do. So I got miffed or worse and I ended up resenting them. Um, or when, you know, like I had a grudge against a friend for using me. I didn't, I didn't um, you know... I just, I didn't want her to do it that way, but I went ahead and said, okay, because I'm some kind of easygoing person. That was who I was known as. But I pretended I wasn't, you know, I pretended, uh, and I, I mean, I should say I pretended I was okay with it, but I really wasn't. So this is dishonesty. I'm not speaking up. I'm, you know, I'm not showing her what other choices there might be. I'm just being dishonest. So dishonest is more than telling a lie and all of those things. So there's a lot of examples of those things where when you look at your side, you can have a look and say, wow, am I lying to myself? Have I been exaggerating here? You know, am I acting superior to people? Boy, there were so many times when that was happening. So, you know, I was just told that, you know, I've really got to, when it's telling us here in this particular paragraph, you know, we've got to get rid of these resentments. So the way to do it is to put them down, have a look at my side, admit them, share them. That's five and, you know, four and five. Um, share them with other people, be willing to let go, six and seven, and set them straight, eight and nine steps, all laid out pretty pretty here. So anyway, so there's tons of examples I think we can look at. And of course, fear will probably be attached to each one. We'll be getting to towards that in just a moment. Um, so with that, I sh- uh, pass. Thanks so much for letting me share. And thank you so much, Judith okay. W. Who would like to comment now on this paragraph? Who who was that? Lydia. Charles Good morning, Ms. Stu. Okay, I hear Lydia, I hear Charles H, and, and I do hear... Oh, do, and do. Oh, anybody else? All right, let's go with those three. Lydia, you're up, you're up now. Good morning, Janice. My name is Lydia, recovered food addict in Texas, and thank you for your service. Um, just so privileged to be on this line with all these visionaries, and I can honestly say... At this point uh, in my inventory, this was the point where I first began to get some real relief from my ism, my food addiction, and certainly in my case, my alcoholism, and um, where we were, t- where I began to put the focus on myself. And you know, we had talked about earlier, you know, where the wrongdoing of others, fancy or real. Uh, last week we were discussing it, and oh, 
I mean, Lydia's law and order, you know, my human order versus divine trust. And that gave me a lot of privileges, namely the privilege of the victim, you know, going through my wounds, you know, in order, which was my past, in order to get to my present. You know, I would recite my, whatever the resentment du jour was, how are you, Lydia? Oh, well, this was going on, la, 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 but I'm fine, how are you? (laughs) And it was just insane. And when I began to go through this process, looking at my selfishness, looking at my dishonesty, looking at my self-seeking, and certainly my fears. Um, This turnaround process really began to debunk what was, for me, the betrayal experiences, you know. You know, I had to drink from this cup, and it was so bitter, but I had to do it in order to, you know, I was so invested in my human order, my definition of justice, and, and in certain cases, vengeance you know, my will rather than divine justice, which really said to me, you know, you're not privileged to know the reason. You know, this is happening. And, you know, you, you really must stretch your detachment muscle, you know, to try to, to try to detach and really to strengthen your trust muscle, your trust mechanism. You know, Lydia, you've got to take up your bed and walk, my higher power was gently saying to me. And that's certainly why they call it faith. You know, I'm not privileged to see around the corner. My higher power has a divine order, and I must surrender to that on a daily basis. And, you know, it's not within my grasp uh, to, to know what's going on, but it is within my grasp on a daily basis to embrace the principles of this beautiful life-giving program. Uh, and it's such a privilege to be here amongst you visionaries on a daily basis and uh, certainly to live with steps 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis. And thank you, Janice, for your service. With that, I pass. And thank you, Lydia, for your sharing. Okay, Charles H., you, your turn. Good morning, Janice. Thank you for your service. Can I be heard? Oh, you can be heard. Thank you. Good morning, all visionaries. Uh, my name is Charles H. I will cover the visionaries just for today. Referring back to the list, um, and, and, and getting, like if I'm in if if I'm in your head, I'm out of my mind, right? Let me just say that one, one time there. Um, you know, column four and five. I'm set. Where did that? You know, I'm tired of kicking the can up the road, man. Let me pick that can up and own it, right? In Bill's in Bill's story, he said a price had to be paid. A price was paid, man. I, you know, I was reborn, resurrected, you know, through my higher power. A price had to be paid. You know, you know what? Like, I wonder, Charles, if you was to give up something you really love, if I gave what I really love, if I gave it up, I love anger, resentment, bitterness. If I give, God wants, God wants that for me. If I give that to him, he's going, you know, I used to resent God, you know, for people leaving, leaving my life or leaving this planet. How many know if you give something to God, He's going to give it back to you a hundredfold. He's going to give it back. You know, if I give him my bitterness, he's going to turn that to love and joy and peace. You know, before program, you know, instead of having a peace of mind, I gave God my whole uh, peace of my mind. Now i got a peace of mind. But before program, I wanted to give you and the whole world a peace of my mind. Wow. You know, <laughs> you know, getting back to that list and, 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 and and in, in in the seventh column, I know we ain't talking about that, but the seventh column, what would my higher power God want me to do? What would he want me to do? So four and five, 
those two columns with my character defects, self, self-seeking self every day, self-righteous every day for me. I don't know about you because, like I said, if I'm in your head, I'm out of my mind. I got to worry about Charles H. today, one day at a time. And then worrying about me treating the sickness, treating the spiritual cancer, getting on this line, hearing these visionaries, hearing new voices, hearing the same voices saying the same thing. We must be rid of this anger. This thing is too, it's too much. It's too much. It'll run me around. And, and, and God wants my best, not because he needs it. He wants it by faith so he can multiply that thing, give it back to you, and you could be utilized as a vessel for others to see, wow, if he could do it, if a wretch like me can do it, anybody can do it. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks for allowing me to share. And thank you for sharing, Charles. Okay, do it's your turn. Stop. Good morning. This is Duell from New York, Recover Compulsive Reader. Um, yeah, this this column here, the fourth column, I, I call it the grown up uh column. <laughs> this is where I get to grow up and take responsibility for my actions. And you know, prior to that. Uh, columns one, two, and three. Um, I'm I'm still blaming others. I'm still uh, whining and pining and moaning and groaning about my lot in life and what happened to me and how it caused me uh, all these turmoils in my life and how it affected me and how it affects my ambitions and how it affects my instincts. But here is saying, no, we're we're going to do something totally different. We're going to put the other person or persons outside of the equation. And we're going to concentrate on the common denominator. And that common denominator is you. And we're going to focus on that. And we're going to focus on the character defects and what you, or me, I should say, have done with my life. Where have I been at fault? Where have I set the ball rolling? And, um, and it says, though the situation had not been entirely our fault, we tried to disregard the other person involved entirely. So I'm not going to be taking anybody else's inventory but my own. This is where I stop blaming other people for my, for my stuff. This is where I have to look Wally in the eye and look at where I, not the other person, have been at fault. And I'm going to write it down in black and white. And, and there's a power in that. There's a power in writing things down. Um, because when I write it down, I'm seeing it squarely in my eye. I'm seeing it. And, and there's, 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 a, there's a thing with my eye where I'm off with my perception of, of what is real and what is not. And, um, and I like this, uh, this thing because, you know, it wasn't until I came to the step that I could see my own selfishness, my own dishonesty, my own self-seeking and, and being frightened. And it wasn't until I looked at this and admitted these things to myself that I, that I was the common denominator, that I set the ball rolling, that I'm the one who, who always seemed to be in the midst of everything. <laughs> and it wasn't until I did that that I, I started to see I needed to take responsibility for my life for my actions, for, for everything that I did in my life. And, and I'm so glad that this, that this column gives me the how-to, not only looking at this stuff, but how to get rid of it, 
because it's showing me that as soon as I admit it, as soon as I take responsibility, then I can do something about it with God's help, of course, not, not on my own, because God is going to produce the results. I just take the steps, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Duell. Who else would like to comment on this paragraph? Monica. Leah. Monica and Leah. Okay, I think that might do it. Anybody else, just in case? Okay, Monica, it's your turn. Good morning. Good morning, Janice, and thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Wow, here we are at the turnarounds and being given explicit directions here of how to do this part. And um, referring to our list, putting out of our minds the wrongs others had done, we resolutely looked at our own mistakes. So first of all, I'm not condoning, we are not condoning anything that somebody else did to us that was totally wrong. But we're putting that all out of, out of the view here. And I have to look at myself. You know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I couldn't see what I couldn't see coming into this process. And this right here is going to help me start getting some new lenses. Start looking at things from a different view. So that I can change. So that I can find some peace and some serenity. So... How was I selfish? What's selfish? It's my selfish attitude. What did I want? What did I want? What didn't I want? Well, I wanted you to be different. I wanted you to do what I wanted you to do, period. Okay? Dishonest. What's my faulty thinking here? What did I think? Well, I might have thought I had a right to it. I might have told myself that I knew what was best. I knew what you were thinking. I might have pretended it didn't bother me. Be a people pleaser. I might have believed that you were bad, that you, you didn't really count. But what is the truth? And then self-seeking. What did I do? My reactions. How did I retaliate? Well, I'll get even with you. You know, I gossiped about you. I criticized you. I judged you. I withdrew my affections from you. I might have yelled at you. I might have done all kinds of things. Lied about you. Bad-mouthed you. These are what I did. This is my self-seeking actions. And then what was I afraid of? You know, underneath everything here was some type of a fear. Well, I was afraid I might look kind of dumb or stupid, and God forbid that. I might be afraid that you wouldn't love me. I might be afraid that you wouldn't think something well of me. I might, not, I might be afraid of be, not being safe and harms. Who did I hurt? Where was I to blame? Who did I hurt here? You know? I hurt myself with all this negative thinking and, and actions. I hurt you with all of that, and I hurt anybody who had to listen to me carry on about all of this. So this really gave me a chance to start turning things around and looking, you know what? All these years of playing victim, I got something I'd be playing the victim, but what did it give me? Restlessness, irritableness, and discontentment. I want peace. I need to look at this differently. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. And thank you, Monica. Okay. Um, Leah, it's your turn. Thanks so much, Janice. Good morning, everybody. It's Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Where were we to blame? Um, yes. <laughs> 
in uh, doing this work, you know, I had to uh, remember that the purpose of the step four was for me to identify those parts of myself which were blocking me from a higher power, which I so desperately needed. So this process allowed all that to come to life. You know, I had made a decision uh, to pursue this program of recovery in step three and to have a relationship. Here I was in step four. Now, uh, you know, I was going to get to see in black and white um, that personality of mine that had developed, um, you know, based on self-will run riot. You know, the book teaches me that to get over compulsive reading, to get over drinking will require a transformation of thought and attitude. So now is this opportunity for me to take a look at my side. You know, when I when I took a look at the people, the principles, the institutions, and then saw the character defects, you know, I got a clear look at the relationship between those people, institutions, and principles at myself. How was I interacting with the world? You know, what were my attitudes? What were my ideas? What was my viewpoint, my perspective? What were the lens to which uh, I viewed everyone, you know, I interacted with? Because as long as I maintained the victim stance, I would remain emotionally and spiritually sick. And for someone like me, that meant being held in bondage with my addiction. As soon as I started taking responsibility for the way I perceived people, institutions, and principles, my viewpoint, and the way I felt once I started taking responsibility for the way I felt and the way I behaved, I started, because of this process, becoming spiritually healthy, becoming spiritually healthy. At least now I was able to see, to see the attitudes, to see the ideas, to see the emotions uh, that had developed over the course of two decades of my life and how it was twisting and distorting and perverting uh, my relationships, my emotions, my behavior. And slowly the light uh, turned on. And as I continued to press through this step forward, that light became brighter ever so slowly. I began to see my personality, see the twists and turns in my personality, and I began to accept the truth. And gradually that mask, that false self, uh, because, you know, the character defects, all these aspects of selfishness, the selfishness, this dishonesty, the resentment, the fear had permeated my whole life. So gradually this mask, this false self, this persona that I had built over two decades began to disintegrate and the real me began to emerge because step four brought all that to light. Step four brought all that to light. It was a, it was a taking away, it was a tearing away of these attitudes and outlook. But first I had to see. I had to examine it, and step four, the first action step in the inventory process allowed me to see, with the help of a sponsor, see what was blocking me from that higher power that I so desperately needed and wanted, and with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you so much, Leah M. Okay, thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 followed by the serenity prayer. We'll do L, 
please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Duel, star one, to unmute. Hello? Do? Yes, can you hear me? I can hear you now, yes. Okay, great. Sorry about that. I can unmute. Um, so if our book is meant to be suggestive only, we realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. 